This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah. That happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. This on? Hello? Hello? We're all science people. Science? Exactly. We know it's a good idea because it's lasted. There's chemistry in here. There's biology in here. It's in whiskey. It's in ice cream. It's in who you fall in love with. Rules and, and ethics and everything else. We can make the world better for everybody. Starting now. Welcome to Science Rules. I'm your host, Bill Nye. This is the show where science rules. Now, everybody, it's a call-in show. The best part of the show is, is your questions. I mean, of course, the, show, all the, the whole show is great, but your questions are the best part for me. So if you want to be on the show, and I hope you do, please go to askbillnye.com and type on it. I want to hear from you people. Tell us, uh, tell us what's on your mind. Tell us what you want to know. And I am, once again, joined by science writer and editor, longtime friend, Corey S. Powell. Greetings, Corey. Hey, Bill. Good to be podcasting with you here. Everybody out there is trying to live longer. If you're a guy uh, as old as I am, you watch cable news. In fact, if you watch the morning news on regular networks, it's all about these medicines. It's just one after another. And, of course, there are extraordinary side effects. And all the things you're going to do to live a long life. There's a big emphasis right now on antioxidants. Is it blueberries? Is it red wine? Is it coffee? Is coffee good for you? Is coffee bad for you? Are antioxidants really a real thing? And so on and so on. And why do people care? Because because we don't want to die. We all want to know how to live the longest life we can. So today we're going to get all the tips we can on how to live a long life. Or maybe it's actually about living a good life. Here to help us is the director of the Institute for Aging Research at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine, Dr. Nir Barzilai. Doctor, thank you for taking the time to come in. Dr. Barzilai. Nir. What made made you think you could do something about it? Well, you you guys know more than anyone that we, we think that kids have great imagination, right? But... I realized when I was 13 that kids don't have that great uh, imagination because they don't see their grandparents as what they're going to become. They see their grandparents as, I I don't know how he was born that way, but good Mm -hmm. for him, you know. And I'm walking with my uh, grandfather, who was then about 68 and died later that year from heart disease. And he's telling me 
about these wonderful things he did when he was young. And I'm looking at this guy who's kind of obese and walks slowly. And I'm saying I'm missing something. And even when I became a doctor, I wanted to understand this phenomenon of aging. And it's interesting. I had this attending who, when I presented... Attending is a person. Atten yeah, a attending, attending physician. physician. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> who, when we went to rounds... It wasn't enough to say this guy is 59 years old, but does he look younger or older than his age? And all of a sudden you realize that biological age and chronological age are not the same. So what is it that some people look like they age real slow and some really fast and they die fast? And this is the fascination that carried me to say nobody knows those things about aging. Why don't I try? Well, you know, aging the way we have it now is not inevitable. We can do a lot, a lot about aging. And the most important thing that we can do is we can increase the health span. You know, our maximal lifespan. Okay, so you're distinguishing between a lifespan and a health span. Right. Our lifespan a species is about 115 years. You know, we argue because there's actually somebody who lived 122 years, but we die before the age of 80 after suffering a lot of diseases. So we have like 35 years that we can realize. And actually now we're beginning to uh, understand scientifically how to realize those years. I mean, we're, we're, we're 35 years, we could be a lot more productive instead of dead. Correct. And, you know, 100, 100 years old, the, the, the nice thing about them is they are healthy. So they can be working, they can be doing things that, that you know, 60, 70, 80 years old are doing because it's all about their health and not about their diseases. What are these people, the centenarians, people live over, over 100, what is it they're doing that... Uh, Many other people are not doing. I, I really regret you ask me these questions because I don't know how to get it right now. I, I'm going to tell you nothing which, which you can come and say, well, everything we're taught was wrong. Oh, but nobody's teaching us this. They're just talk shows in the morning claiming that if you eat the certain fruit three times a day, you'll have superpowers and live to be over 100 and, and you can uh, bench press cars. Uh, but you're saying there is no well, our, secret like our that. centenarians, they were overweighted. 50% of them were overweight or, overweight or obese throughout their lives. 60% of the men and 30% of the women have smoked for have smoked more than two packs a day. We have a woman who died at 110 celebrating over 90 years of two packs of cigarette smoking. We She's have, an outlier, so, so, so do these people just have amazing genes? Exactly. Is that what you're trying to figure out? Exactly, because it's in spite of that. So while I'm telling you they didn't act less than 50% exercise, I'm talking walking or housework, only 2% were vegetarian. So 
So I'm not saying that exercise and obesity and stuff are not important. I'm just saying that those people were protected and that's what makes them more interested because what is the biological protection that they have? What are the longevity genes that they have that protects them and get them to be healthy for so long? So we have a lot of centenarians. We have 700 centenarians and their families. And one of the... This is a, this is okay, a, study, a study that you're doing. We? Where's this is, this is at Albert Einstein. College of Medicine, and with accumulating those centenarians, I can tell you more about that. But the first thing we wanted to ask is, is their health span and lifespan goes together? Because if they are sick, when other people got sick at age 70, then what, what, what can they teach us? But in fact, their accumulation of disease is also 20, 30 years more than controls. Our controls, those without longevity, at age 80, only 10% of them don't have any major disease. Our centenarians, even over the age of 100, 30% of them don't have a disease. But this is not really the the most important thing. The important thing is that at the end of their lives, they have what we scientists call a contraction of morbidity. They spend much less time being sick. Uh, they spend much less time dying. Exactly. Mm. And, and, and by the way, this was confirmed by other studies from the CDC, the Center of Disease Control, that looked at the, at the actually medical cost in the last two years of life of somebody who dies after the age of 100, versus those who die after the age of, of 70, and it's third the cost. It seems to me it'd be even less than that. Because after you're 100 and you feel like you're going to die, you just check out. You don't do all these extraordinary things to try to hang in there and hang out with your grandkids or whatever the heck it would be. Well, exactly. But that, that's the contraction of morbidity, and that's why we know that we can extend health spend because there's a human example for that. Stick around for more science rules after this. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Science Rules is back. I want to really drill down on this genes versus environment question, and I, th- I have a feeling I think we have the perfect call. I have a feeling one of our callers is going to help us do that. We have a we have a Marianne on the line. Uh, Marianne, are you there? I am here. Yes. Where uh, are Marianne, you calling where, from? Where, where is here? No, Corey, you ask. <laughs> <laughs> I am in Burlington, Vermont, right now. And uh, it's a lovely day. Snowy. What have we got? 
Oh, it's both of those things. It's a lovely day and snowy, yes. <laughs> and are you growing older uh, day by day? Well, my philosophy is because I live in a cold state, it's like a refrigerator. It kind of keeps me fresh um, and young as long as possible, I think. You should go inside once in a while. But go ahead with your question. <laughs> Unless you're hibernating during the, the winter. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Um, hibernating, eating lots of ice cream, uh, getting ready for the thaw. Yes. Okay, so my question is, what are the real true pieces to longevity? I mean, how much is actually related to diet, to happiness, to genetics, attitude, where I live, things like that? You know, you know, you 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 gave this question in one sentence, and I even don't know where to start the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, there's but, so but, much that I but I, I, I want to make f- maybe few points, and maybe you'll help me uh, later. But I just want you to understand that my story now was about exceptional longevity and about people that have help that we don't have. So I'm I'm stepping back from that and I'm just telling you that the most important thing for to 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 target aging as far as the environment is exercising. This is number 1. This works at every age, at every sex. It's always good to exercise. The second thing that I would tell you now if you want to really be proactive one of the things that we're doing in in my lab we were doing forever is doing this experiment of caloric restriction when you take animals variety of animals and you caloric restrict them then they live longer meaning you just you just give them a very low calorie diet right we in rodents we give them 30 or 40% less and we get wow. an extension of lifespan of 40% by the way not lifespan only but health span you know you Check everything, and everything is better. Everything is delayed. So that means, what does that mean when people are hearing about it? They said, let's cut calories, you know, at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But, you know, I'm just wondering, are the rats still able to function? Are they still able to do rat computations, whatever maze running, whatever rat is? They're cognitively better. They're metabolically uh, better. They really keep functions much, much longer. And and they die kind of the end of their life. They they die kind of fast. They have a rectangulation of their of their mortality. What did you call it? Contracted morbidity. Contracted morbidity. Yeah. Right. So you're you're healthy. You're healthy. You're healthy. You're dead. Right. Okay. Uh, okay. But that's not what we did to those rodents. We would come in the morning, and give them the food, the allowance for the day. They were hungry. They were mm-hmm. eating it in half an hour, and then they were fasting for 24 hours more, for 23 hours more. So now, and, and by the way, when we did the experiment now where we gave uh, rodents, you know, lettuce or casein, a big bulk with food, and they ate a lot because there was little food, but they could eat. So they ate just enough to be caloric restricted, they didn't live longer. You need the fasting. Okay? Oh, oh. You need the fasting in order to upregulate the defense for aging, for the biology. So, Marianne, do you do something to live long? Um, certainly not fasting, except if you count when I'm asleep. Um, I, I try to eat 
at least three meals a day. Um, I, you know, I try to eat healthy meals, but I definitely, I exercise, I try to meditate, I engage in activities that bring me great joy, but not the fasting because food brings me so much joy. Hmm. So, Nir, do, do we know does do we know that fasting works in humans and not just in rodents? We we don't, but we're doing those experiments now because we know what biology to test. And the question for us is how long does it take to fast in humans in order to get those things? By the way, I'm doing those experiments now on myself. I, I'm doing this intermittent fasting. I almost fast every day now. Are you hungry right now? Well, no, the, by now I'm not hungry because I have ketones ah. <laughs> that makes the, you know, so now I can actually go. I was hungry like an hour ago. I was debating whether I should have something with my coffee before I got in, but I'm I'm really good now. And I, I hope I'm not saying anything that's nonsense. Well, so. you just said ketones. <laughs> what do we mean by ketones? So, so ket- ketones is, is a, a chemicals that are reflecting the fact that we went from carbohydrate, using carbohydrates for metabolism to using fat as metabolism. Because during the fasting, then you start switching. Your your uh, glucose that you accumulate in glycogen is limited and you start using fat now. And actually, if you give ketotic diet, you know, diet with those ketones to rodents, they live long like caloric-restricted animals. So this is part of of this story. But I have to tell you, I, I do it for 16 hours or 24 hours, but then I eat whatever I want. And it's not an effort to lose weight. I've been losing a little weight, but that's not the idea. The idea is to get the biology rolling. So I was brought up, breakfast is the rudder of the day. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Near, you're shaking your head. I, you know, I think when the field of diet was established, they had to make some assumptions. Unfortunately, there were wrong assumptions at the wrong time. You know, one of them is, you know, three times a day and breakfast is the most important. When in evolution did, you know, did the cavemen wake up and had cereal and cake and bread for breakfast? You know, they started running after deers and catching them at night and having barbecue and leftovers during the day. So, and then 65% carbohydrate, I mean... Marie Antoinette was there for a thousand years with cakes and 65% carbohydrate. And and on on top of that, then there's the epidemic of obesity. And now on top of having three meals a day and a lot of carbohydrate, all of a sudden you also got fat. And it's really really a shame. But I'm, I'm talking from the perspective of aging, from the perspective of aging, it's the period of fasting that probably can help more than having three meals a day, even with lower calories. How often would I have to have this period of 16 to 24 hours of fasting to reap the benefit? So, so I'll tell you that we, ro- we don't really know. So I, I don't, you know, there's no clinical study like that. So I'm telling you about a state of the art that's being developed. I don't want to say anything, but uh, I was planning initially to do it once or twice a week. And I think that's what people are doing. They're trying to do it twice a week. I found it so easy to do that I'm just doing it whenever I can. Uh, but my wife cannot. She can go until lunch, but then she gets headache. And and maybe that's enough time. She's, she's doing maybe 16 hours, 14 to 16 hours. Maybe it's enough for her. So I, I think we really don't know. I'm really telling you the the biology part and the rest is very experimental. A lot of people are doing that, though. Uh, thank you, Marianne. And I'm glad yes, you're taking you care all. of yourself. 
And uh, laughing is, I think, a key. And my daughter went to Middlebury, so I had lots of good meal in Burlington. Yes, see? Okay, wonderful. Thank you all so much uh, for adding moments and maybe years onto my life. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Mary. Years! <laughs> Guys, can I just ask you? Please, please. There is a study that I'm leading that's going to really change. I don't know if you heard about TAME or you, you, you saw it. You know about TAME? No, Tame's an acronym? We, we should, yeah, it's for targeting aging with metformin. It's about taming aging. There is a drug by the name of metformin that is that the audience, a lot of the audience will know because it's the first drug of choice to treat type 2 diabetes. This is late onset diabetes. Right. 60 years of experience, great safety record, and it's generic it's, and cheap. It's one of the cheapest drugs in the United States. You get 600 pills for like $40. And Metformin, if you give to animals, to nematodes, to other animals, they all live longer and healthier. God, nematodes love the metform. They do. Humans, okay, so the, the, metformin prevents diabetes, okay, in non-diabetic people. Because oh, so it makes it helps you in produce insulin somehow? No, actually it's not. It's, it makes... It actually cures the aging part, okay, mainly. So it makes your body more sensitive to insulin because it, the cells are functioning better. So metformin, when, when, you take, uh, when you give it to diabetic patients in a control study, it prevents cardiovascular disease by 30%. When you look at what metformin does to cancers in people, in diabetic patients, it decreased cancer by 30%. When, this is all good. When you look at cognitive function, it it there have less thirty percent less cognitive function. When you look at mortality, you mean less, uh, loss of cognitive loss function. of cognitive function. So, yes. <laughs> when, when you look at mortality, people with diabetes on metformin that have diabetes, they are also more obese and they are more sick. They have 17% less mortality than people without diabetes who are not obese. Not okay, so, so, the, so then why are we not all on metformin or, or should we all be on metformin? So, no, the answer is no, because we need to do this study and I don't want to ruin it. So we came to the FDA and said, look, there is a drug that we would like to repurpose. So now the FDA knows, first of all, everything they want to know about metformin is in their web. And second, we're scientists. We're not coming with the pharmaceuticals who have crazy ideas and, and resources, okay? And, and we're saying, let's see what study we should do in order for you to approve an indication. And by the way, we all agreed not to call it aging, you know, because uh, aging, you know, first of all, what? Not everybody who's old is, uh, has a disease and there's ageism, okay? So... We said, let's think how we do it. And we gave them a proposal and we negotiated them and we can actually do the study. And we're going to start the study with the American Federation of Aging Research. It's interesting that the NIH found the, the study too risky, although we have all those preliminary data that metformin did it in different population, but not together. So... Once once we have that, then the healthcare providers 
will give metformin. It's, by, by, by the way, very cheap. But more important, the pharmaceuticals will jump in. The pharmaceuticals don't jump in because there's no business plan if you don't have indication. So we are paving the road because I'll tell you, there are much better drugs, combination of drugs that are in the pipeline right now. These are things that are be designed for not accidentally found. Right, these are, these right. For design, because yeah. exactly because we know mechanisms for aging, and we can target them specifically. And so, that's the future that is really at our doorstep. All right, hold that thought because I think our next caller is gonna is gonna tie into this. That's uh, our next caller is gonna be brilliant. Well, of course, well, yes. sure. Uh, because and, it's it's Julia. We have Julia on the oh, line. Oh, Julia, she's amazing. I love Julia. Yeah, yeah. Julia, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Fairfax, Virginia. Ah, uh, yes. The home of the Jubilaires. Barbershop oh. singing group. Huh. <laughs> yes, I'm right. getting uh, some reaction about that. Oh, yes. okay. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, Julia, go ahead. You have a question. Yes. Um, well, I'm a teacher, and my students have been learning about chromosomes. Uh, what year do you Is teach? Is it true that... What grade? Oh, I, I, teach, uh, I teach ninth grade bio. I also teach AP biology, so I have both ends. There you go. Excellent. Um, of the yeah of the of the spectrum, um, but we've discussed this before in class. Is it true that if we could figure out a way to preserve human telomeres, we could increase human longevity? So the telomeres are the are the caps, the these sort of these kind of genetic caps on our on our chromosomes, uh, and uh, they, and have been the telomere length has been associated with longevity, and I see near nodding. Near, give me the give me the lowdown here. Is right. this a real in thing? Fact, in fact, our <laughs> centenarians have long telomeres, and their children have even longer telomeres. Uh, and we found even genetic mutations in the telomerase gene that is controlling the length of telomeres. So does this drug affect the length of telomeres? No, because this is the problem. You know, first of all, we don't really think that the length of telomeres are really a major driver of aging. It's not we the don't cause. Think so. It's not, not the, the cause. cause. It's this artifact of some sort. If you give, if you increase this telomerase, if you increase the telomeres' length, most rodents will get cancers. Cancers have very long telomeres. No, they don't. If want you that. shorten the telomeres in rodents, they don't age. At least not in the first generation. How do you shorten a telomere? You can knock out the telomerase. <laughs> uh, the, okay, so the, the uh, enzyme. The enzyme that controls the length. And you knock it out with you a drug? You knock it out. and No, you knock it out genetically. Before they're born. Before they're born. And then they have short telomeres. They live how, long, normal lifespan. How do you lifespan. knock it out with... Uh, you go to knockitout.com. How do you how do you knock it out? <laughs> well, it's easy now with the CRISP the technology, mm. but it was done many years ago mm. by other technologies. It's it's a gene that it's not knocking out the telomeres; it's knocking out the gene that elongates the telomeres. Right, so it's a, it's a okay? genetic engineering so technique. It's a genetic. Oh it's yeah, genetic it's just simple enough. Yeah, it's combined. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, I'm doing some genetic uh, regularly engineering interspace right, right here short palindromic yeah. repeats. <laughs> I mean, if that's what you mean, just say it. Right, that's the definition of telomeres. But, but so so the, the point is that telo, because telomeres are really not the cause of aging, and because the treatment seems to be risky, okay, we we are not talking about that as one of the options. But I'll tell you something else. Out there, people can measure your telomeres, okay, and and this is what was found pretty much. People with the longest telomeres for their age, 
have an increased chances of getting cancers. Yeah. <laughs> People with the shortest telomere have increased chances of getting cardiovascular disease. So you want to be somewhere in the middle, but it has really poor predictive... Uh, yeah, the cause and effect is not clear no. at all. Not, not very much. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not saying that, so, that you know there are diseases where the length of telomeres is really rate-limiting, but I'm saying this is not our major target for aging. So something I have wondered about since it was <laughs> published, hang on there, uh, Julia, is Dolly the Sheep. Yeah. Okay, Dolly the Sheep was created by squirting uh, somebody's, another sheep's genes into an egg, right? right. It, was a cl- a- it, was, it was a cloned sheep, so... Cloned sheep. The first and Dolly sheep. the sheep's telomeres were shorter than uh, standard sheep, standard uh, you, but her offspring have regular telomeres. And so, Dolly herself lived a normal lifespan. Yeah, and, she, and her kids, uh, which are literally called kids in the land of sheep, aren't they, are roaming the Scottish hills even today. So maybe the telomeres ain't got no nothing to do with anything, employing a triple negative for comedic effect. Well, again, let, let me use it to say, to tell you, to really talk to you about the hope of what we're doing. You can take a sperm of a 60-year-old man, right, and an egg of a 50-year-old woman, right? 50-year-old women now can have kids. Why is they can do it now? They didn't used to be able to. Well, there's some help in an IVF that can yeah. help. Okay, in so, vitro fertilization. So let's yeah. say that you bring this together and you form a blastocyte. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, the thing that's going to become a kid. To become a kid, right? This, a, a human kid, not a not yeah, a sheep kid. While we can measure the aging, <laughs> right? We can measure the aging of the sperm and the egg. This blastocyte turns back to zero. Okay, we know how to do it. We do it in our body, right? It's zero. It doesn't remember the age of the parents. All of us are starting zero again. We erase this memory of aging. I think with Dolly, this memory somehow hasn't been erased because of the technology. And she was born, maybe her mother and father's age and maybe combined. You know, that's what might have happened. But never mind Dolly. I'm telling you, we we know, w- our body knows how to erase age. And that's why I'm so optimistic that it's not only about targeting aging to delay it and to stop it maybe, but it's also about reversing part of aging that will be probably... A, W- will happen in the past, in the in the future. In the future. <laughs> For me, it's the You're past now. For me, it's already the past. I want... So, Julia, did that get to your question? I think so. Uh, the students are very... It always comes up when we talk about Dolly the Sheep. I don't know anything about your age, Julia, but I was alive. I was out there paying taxes, and li- I was an adult when uh, Dolly the Sheep was born, and it was this revolution. How is this even possible? And so on. Your students know about Dolly, and they know about telomeres, but apparently there's no cause and effect. It's still a mystery. So, Julia, ask your students or tell your students to go out there and figure out what's going on between telomeres and aging. Yeah, it means there's a lot of work for them to do, so uh, (laughs) they they can be extra motivated. Our marching order. Yes, exactly. Do do they know... um, Do your students realize that you used to be a student? 
<laughs> I remind them a lot. Like, did they, uh, Nir, you were talking about when people, when you saw your grandfather, it just, or your grandparents, it didn't occur to you that they had once been uh, people, uh, people, children, right. subunits. Right. So did they, uh, did they see you in the grocery store and get freaked out, Julia? You know, that sort of Do thing. Do they say, this is our old teacher? <laughs> Yeah, students, students, I think they think we go into um, um, big cocoons at night. I don't think they expect us to, to see us so out in you, public. you go yeah. into cocoons. That's what happened. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I, I, hope I hope your students got something out of this. Or they will. Or they will. Or they will get something out of yeah, this. Yeah, I'm sure they have. Thank you so much. Science Rules will be right back. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And now, more science. Here's something I, I just wonder about all the time. In your studies of longevity, do people's attitudes about life affect their, the length of their lives? Yes. So that, that's a great question. And actually, we wrote about three, three papers about that of the attitude and personality and their effect of longevity. And... I don't really believe them. Let, let, let me tell you why. So centenaires have a very positive attitude. Um, and I'll give you this example. There's a 104-year-old man, and I went to talk with him, and he was the nicest guy I've ever seen. I mean, the guy was just, the way he talked about people, how he respect them, he has nothing bad to say on, uh, on his daughter-in-law, you know. Everybody was good, everybody's good, and it was just a joy. And he had this optimistic personality and, you know, was, was really nice. And I'm getting out of, of my interview with him, and his son... 82 years old. He's a kid. 82. <laughs> He's a kid. Sitting in the room. And I come to the kid and I said <laughs> what I just told you. I said, I, I couldn't believe it. it's the nicest guy I've ever seen. So the kid looks in my eyes and said, you should have seen the son of a bitch when he was my age. He was <laughs> terrible. When he was 82. <laughs> and, and, and then you realize, you know, we think personality doesn't change with age. And, and yes, if until 60 years old, they, they never went behind. Wait, you're telling me there's like the terrible 82s? That, uh, <laughs> exactly. People go through a crabby period well, then? I, I don't know. But the 82 could have reflected most of the life. But then you get to be, uh, with exceptional longevity, there are physiological changes. You roll with a punches more. You know, you lost your wife, you go to another home, you go to, a, 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 you know, an independent living or non-independent living. So there's a lot of happening. And what you see in centenarians at that time is not reflecting their past. And that's why it's important to do those offspring studies, because we can actually measure those personalities and their changes. And only then I can tell you, really. So uh, you're saying that 
Do you think that personalities change chemically or uh, genetically, or do personalities change because people go, wow, I'm living a lot longer than I expected. This is pretty cool. I'm going to cheer up. I'll tell you, uh, I'll tell you the answer that you'd like. Uh, univer- in University of Pennsylvania, they took elderly people and young people, and they showed them pictures of nice things, you know, islands in Hawaii. Or really terrible things like cockroaches in pizzas. Mm-hmm. And they showed them slides, and then everybody had to recall what they've seen. And of course, the elderly didn't recall as much as the young, but they recalled the good things mainly. Okay? And I and I think that's what's happening. I think it's a they, physiological change in the brain, and maybe it has to do with the fact that you're dealing with losses and stuff. I'm, by the way, I'm looking forward to that stage that I, I'll remember only the good thing. But I think that's in part what's going. It's it's really a physiology. Uh, it's real. It's physiological. And we should expect that. Okay, let me ask you this. It has been said. Did you like it, by the way, this answer? Uh, I like it. I loved it. <laughs> okay. I'm feeling younger every minute. Look no. at him. He's, he's lighting up like a, like a kid. Yeah. And a he doesn't sh- remember any bad things anymore. He's lighting, I, like, I don't like even know what you're talking about. For, bad you know, after a 16-hour fast. But hang on. I've reflected on the following idea many times. If you live to be 82 and seven weeks, a month and three quarters, depends on leap days to get it exact, that's 30,000 days. That's a pretty good run. 82, right? But these people add another, gee whiz, 15,000 days. Well, 12,000 days. Did they? Don't they just feel good that they made it that far? Um, well, the answer is yes. In fact, they become a little celebrities when they're 100 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, they usually have birthday and people write on them about them on the papers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it, it is so. But but let me uh, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Please. I'll I'll give you two possibilities. Scenarios. Two scenarios. One is I'm going to make you immortal. Okay? I'm going to make you immortal. God, wow, cool. But there's a condition. Ah, damn it. There's always a condition. The freaking devil thing. (laughs) In aging, there is an exchange between reproduction and, and longevity. Uh, in an, all, almost all animals, uh, and and maybe in humans it's even more. You wonder if it's rearing the kids or or <laughs> or having the kids. But there's this exchange. So I'm telling you, I'm going to make you immortal. But the only condition is that we stop reproduction now. No more new kids. No more first birthday. No first laugh. No first love. <laughs> okay, we're just moving forward because that's what we can afford. Okay. I mean, uh, humankind. You make, As you make, humankind. You make everybody immortal, but that's it. There's right. No, no, but no new people. Right. Nope. Don't want it. Tell you right well, now. Well, I, I have to give you the other option because you have to choose one. Oh, <laughs> the other option is I'm going to make you live healthy until you're 85 years old, but you die the next day. Yeah, mm. I, I, I'm going to go with uh, option number two. I mean, I, I like longevity as long as the next person, but... For, to me, the, the most exciting thing about living long would be to watch all the changes in the world. If you're stuck with this group of people, I've got a feeling. Especially in here. Yes, Corey. especially. <laughs> yeah. especially. Well, well, and, and, and can, can I just add, if the world really going to exist 12 billion 
years, we don't know, but that's what of the number. The freaking sun explodes. Where are we going? It's going to be trouble. Oh, well, yeah, no, no, but, the, the ocean, the but ocean, don't you the feel a little evaporate. tired now? You haven't started your life, right? <laughs> yeah, the oceans evaporate in just about 1.5 so, billion but there's years. Another we don't have nearly 600,000. So we have Luke on the line. Luke, are you there? Hey, everybody. I'm here. Oh, and, and where is here? Where are you, uh, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh, that's a good place Where to Where they can't can't, Massachusetts. Uh, so uh, how do you feel about the aging process? Are you, uh, are you fighting against it? Are you making peace with it? Well, I, I'm, I'm feeling so-so about it myself. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's happening whether I like it or not. Yeah, but, uh, that, that is calling true. To, calling to uh, ask a question about kind of a, kind of a, a workaround. Okay, uh, fire away. <laughs> a workaround. I'm, I'm all for the workaround, <laughs> the kludge, the, uh, the you, know, you know, just cobble something together. What's, what's your question? Question for anybody who wants to answer it. Would, would you uh, upload your mind into a computer if you were promised a body after, say, 50 years. Oh, wait a second. Who's promising you a body? And what are they doing with it for 50 years? Let's say science promised okay, science. you a body yes. after science. 50 now, years. What, what kind of body am I getting? Am I getting a teenager or am I getting a centenarian? Uh, a body of your choosing, let's okay. say. All so right. I'm at the height of my powers. I'm playing uh, center field for... Uh, Maybe even a different body. Okay, but the key question is, would, would you, first of all, would you upload yourself to a computer? Second of all, would you be willing to live in a disembodied state for 50 years with the, with the prospect of being embodied at the other end? Is that, am I getting at the kind of like the core of it? Sure, that's about right. Assuming it's even possible. We'll go with the premise of the question. Uh, all right, Nir, what, what would you say to this? First of all, would you want yourself uploaded to a computer? No, not not the way Luke descri- described it. By the way, Luke, how old are you? Uh, I am 40 years old. Uh-huh. You look a bit older than your age. Okay, I understand now. So, so, so uh, Luke, uh, th- this is how I'm looking at it, because I'll ask the question differently, and then you'll understand. Uh, one of the ways that we can fight aging, maybe we can get more than 115 years, is through regeneration. You know, let's use stem cells and let's uh, replace every cell that we are uh, losing. Including our brain cell. Including our brain cells. And that's where I think the question comes in. Because if you replace your brain cells, that means that your memory, your personality, you can do it only if you download that. And then upload it on the new cells. Otherwise, it's not going to be you. So what's the point in that? Right. You'd be gradually, the old you would be gradually fading away as new cells are coming in and new neurons are forming. Right. But then you'd become this new person. It would be like this, that the two, the two, the replacement you would be existing at the same time you are existing. It's a, bit, it's a little invasion of the body snatchers, isn't it? A little, it? little uh, bit. Okay. So, you're so, saying, so Luke, saying, have you saying, thought about it from this point of view? Or is it uploading and frozen? It's uh, it's stored, like a suspended animation, and you don't know what happened. Then you wake up 50 years later, and you're playing a center fielder for the Dodgers. 
I was thinking about it more as as suspended animation, but I'm but I'm 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 curious about about what you say. It, se- it seems like uh, being um, being fully aware but disembodied that whole time might might be a little bit tiresome. Yeah, that I think, I think I would, I'd prefer I would, to just I, have a blank space. Yeah, I'd find that kind of t- kind of tedious unless. I, but I guess I mean you'd have access to the internet. Uh, but but so would you? <laughs> it is uh, to be hoped. Yes, <laughs> if you can find the right connector, yeah, or the code Wi-Fi, for yeah. the Bluetooth. Oh know. yeah, but by then, after fifty years, like none of your apps work, and they forgot to upgrade <laughs> you. It, it could be a drag. Uh, but Zanir, so, so you're saying that that if you wanted to sort of biologically keep people going a longer time, that you might also need some advances on the sort of the artificial intelligence side to preserve your memories, so you can keep kind of refeeding and, and updating your your brain so that to just so you stay yourself exactly you said it better than i did thank you i'm an editor that's what it's my job <laughs> is to repeat what people say right exactly <laughs> he repeats what people say there there is another version of this idea that, that uh, people like ray kurzweil talk about these sort of singularity people the idea of uploading your brain not to stay in a physical form but uploading your brain specifically to Turn yourself into pure data to to live in this to live in this so, disembodied existence. It's like of some Luke's kind. thing. It's Luke. You're still there. It's like your idea, but you never go back to a body. You just live in as an electrovore out there in the right. cyber world of cyberness. So I don't know, Luke. Is that something? A brain you would ever, in a jar. Yeah. Would you ever want to do that? I don't think so. I think I'd rather just call it quits. Um, what about you, Nir? Uh, I wouldn't. No, yeah. but you see. Why would you say that, Luke? Because I, I have a glib answer, but Luke, why do you say you wouldn't want to go that route? Uh, well, if if you go that route, you don't get to find out what's next. There you go. That was a great question. Thank you. Wait, what is that sound? That is the sound of lightning. Oh. Superheating the air so fast that uh, it produces thunder. Uh, so you're saying that it's time for a lightning round with Nier to ask him a bunch of rapid-fire questions for him to answer in some sort of short-format response that will create a quick give-and-take between all of us and create a, a fascinating and enlightening format for the listener? That's exactly right. You notice how I just cut that down to the smallest number of words? <laughs> I did not notice is, that. Is it yes or no? <laughs> short answers are encouraged. So Nier, Dr. Barzilai, are you ready for the lightning round? Go ahead. How long do you expect to live? I would like to live to be 85 years old and die in my sleep. All right. Uh, keep us posted on that. Why do you choose 85? I won't. <laughs> Why, what do you mean you won't? Why won't you? No, I, I won't let you know oh, you won't <laughs> when I'm posted. dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as we know, you won't. Would you rather die at 60 or live forever without the sensation of touch? 60. All right. What about freezing your head? Or your brain, so that it can be revived in the future. I don't mind a brain freeze with ice cream only. Okay. Ah. <laughs> uh, what flavor? I like the Hagendash vanilla Swiss almonds. That's you a, see, that, that is a good one. Antioxidants, red wine, resveratrol, do those things actually extend lifespan and or health span? No. Uh, antioxidants are generally good for the economy. Because lots of people <laughs> buy them, so I don't have anything. They also don't do damage, you know, uh, unlike other anti-aging, uh, right, things. Okay. All right. Just come to keep in mind, if a person could live forever and remain a certain age, what is the best age for a high quality of 
and some sort of indefinite life? Well, I I think wisdom is underappreciated. I think wisdom well, is really great. Well, a guy your age would say that, Doc. Come on. So I, I'll I'll keep. I'm 63. I'll keep here. So do you you believe that we will have an effective anti-aging drug or therapy or regimen? More than that, I think we already have medications that are in human use and needs to be repurposed. But I think that the future will have better drugs, combination of drugs, and we could really handle aging much, much better or health spend much, much better. Meaning, meaning that it will become routine to live to 110 or 115 with a high quality of life. Right. That will be the side effect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is what is the biggest myth about aging? The biggest myth is that, you know, the striking thing is people look and they see aging. You know, they see aging better than they see what's your glucose level or cholesterol level or hypertension. So they know that there is a biology of aging, but they don't understand that this can be targeted. That's exactly the point. It can be targeted. By a a regimen of healthy lifestyle. Well, combination of lifestyle and drugs. There you go. Dr. Barzilai, this has been the coolest thing. Thank you so much for taking the time to come in here. The time from your ever-shortening, our ever-shortening lives. I don't know. I feel like the quality of my life is improving. I feel like it's it's improved. A regimen of drugs and lifestyle. You've given me a little bit more quality of life here. We're going to be doing podcasts for another 50 years. I'm Bill Nye. And growing older right over here, I'm Corey Powell. And remember, when it comes to the healthy, long-lived part of our universe, science rules. Science Rules is produced by Jordan Bell. Claire Rollinson is the senior producer. Our engineers are Jared O'Connell, Casey Holford, and Brendan Burns. Our episode was mixed by Casey Holford. Chris Bannon is the chief content officer of Stitcher. And remember, at Stitcher, science rules. Stitcher. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.